new concepts and ideas to help you reach your full potential. Good morning, guys, and welcome back to the Success 101 podcast live episode number 17. Jordan, what's happening, man? I just got in uh, from the Bahamas, and I know you're heading out to Mexico tomorrow. Yeah, little beach trips. Little sun, R&R there. I love the beach. Don't you love the beach? Man, I am such a beach person, and my wife wants to go to the mountains all the time, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, if I could just get you on board with blue water and sand... And boats and everything that I love, we'd be good. But we're going to uh, Colorado in June, I believe. So oh, that's awesome. Little Estes Park action should be a lot of fun. I haven't been to Colorado in like five, six, seven years. It's been a long time. Yeah. So I got a fun story. Fun story, Joel. Fun story. He's like, you have a fun story? Yeah. I never know where you're going to go. Oh, with this. okay. So this is a fun story that ties back to delegation of tasks. So it's a fun, but it's a relevant story. Good. We like relevancy here. So my Tahoe broke down sometime, I guess, last month. So my car spent like a week in the shop getting fixed. Pretty big bill. I get it back. It runs fine for a week. And then something else breaks. (laughs) And so what went out was a power steering pump. So I do a quick YouTube search. It looks like a really easy job. The YouTube video is like 12 minutes. You're a braver man than I. And I'm like, oh, I could change that. That's a 20-minute job. So I call my mechanic, and I say, hey, buddy, what do you think the cost of labor on this job would be? And he says, be 120 bucks. So I did some cost-benefit analysis, and I said, it's going to sit there for three days, so I'll be carless for the next three days. And I feel like my time is worth, you know, 120 for a half hour, for sure. Right. Yeah, we've talked about that before. So I go to AutoZone, I buy some parts, I buy some tools, I get to the house. Wow. And I can't get this one part off of the motor. Well, it's because the AutoZone gave me the wrong tool. So I spent four hours on Monday night trying to fix my car. Well, my car did not run on Monday yeah, on see, Tuesday this morning. This is why <laughs> I've learned. That I'm a little older than you, and I've learned to just go ahead and take it in and forget all the heartache and headache. Yep, so I spent another four hours on Tuesday night. But my car runs. Man, awesome. But the funny thing is, every single hour that went by, my brother-in-law came and hung out with me. And I was like, okay, at this point, I would have paid $400. And then the next hour, I would have paid $651. (laughs) (laughs) By the second day, I was like, I'd pay $1,112 at this point. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I've learned that lesson. I've tried to fix it myself. More power to you guys out there that do that, but that is not me, man. I, you know, it's one of those things where it's anything. It's like, you know, my wife's like, ah, I'm going to have to get a handyman by here to fix some things. And if, you know, in a couple of weeks or whatever, I'm like, get them over. That's fine. We'll go do something while they're over here working on stuff. I've just, my dad is super handy, super hard worker. Many of you have heard me talk about him before. I just always thought that I would be the byproduct of that as most dad sons relationships are. Nope. No, thanks. It's simple stuff. I'm glad just saying, let's get somebody over here and do it. Part of me felt guilty for a long time about that. But the more stuff I tried to go ahead and work on and then had to do all of that, two or three trips back to Home Depot, kill my whole weekend. Those are precious, valuable times. So it's like, nah, I'll go ahead and uh, I'll go ahead and, and, you know, tackle that. So, uh, well, guys, thanks so much for joining us here. Just got back in from Bahamas. It was a super, super awesome trip. I don't even want to see the bill whenever it finally comes in. 
But, you know, it, it, I was reminded uh, when I had Grant Cardone on the podcast several episodes ago, you know, he said, if you're going to do a trip, do it the right way or don't do it. Many people end up taking trips out there that they don't have the money for. They do a lot of things that they don't have the money for. Now they come back feeling the guilt of having to pay all that money back that they spent that they didn't really have. And they cut corners the entire time. I was that guy for a while where I would go on a trip and try to just figure out all the penny pinching things. And I'm not saying be foolish and blow money. I'm saying what he's saying. Don't go on the trip until you're able to do it the right way. Yep. Because you'll still spend money that you probably shouldn't spend either way. That just happens when you travel, right? But you're going to do it in a way where you're cutting corners and still spending money that you shouldn't spend. So we had a great well, I time. I think to Grant's point, he was sort of saying when you get back to the office and you spend all this money, it causes more stress than the break or the vacation was supposed to, you know, yeah. help. Yeah. And, and counterintuitive. Yeah. And you cut corners the whole time. Yeah. So it's like I spent money that I didn't have anyway. And we went cheap, didn't stay the extra night, didn't do this, didn't do that. So I've just kind of learned if you're going to do the trips, do it right. So it was an awesome, awesome time. But one of the things I want to share with you guys, you got, you know, I love gifts. So I came in this morning after being gone on a trip and Darren Roberts, Darren K. Roberts, I'm going to give you a plug here, call an audible. This looks like a phenomenal book. It's got a dude in a football helmet with a suit on. I've heard about this book before. But it's uh, Let My Pivot from Harvard Law to NFL Coach Inspire Your Transition. Wow. And uh, if you can see right here on the front, uh, he gives me a super personalized message here. So we're going to have to get Darren on the podcast at some point. I was flipping through this when I got here this morning, and uh, it, it just looks like a lot of meat to go through. So thanks so much, Darren Roberts. I really appreciate your gift. But you guys go check it out. Call an Audible. I'll, do, uh, I'll read this thing and then do some notes on it or whatever. We'll probably have him on the podcast as well. Jordan, I'm going to have That's to cool. adjust this down just a little bit for, our, Go for, for it. to make this right. But talk to me. Here's where I want to open up today. I'm a little bit upset, guys. I don't get upset very often. I'm a little bit upset because I've had a lot of people writing in over the last two weeks, especially as quarter one was wrapping up and now has ended saying, I didn't hit my goals. It's my own fault. I know why I didn't. I should have done this, that, or the other. And the theme that I got from it is it looks like everybody writing in has the solution in their message to me. I didn't do this, this, and this. I didn't hit my goals. Okay. So a lot of what we're going to talk about this morning is why you didn't hit your goals in quarter number one, what we can do to help you get better in quarter number two. But I'm a little on edge this morning because I want to deliver a strong message that does not have a lot of emails coming in at the end of quarter two saying, I know what I did wrong. It was this, this, and this. If you know it, it's like we say all the time, you've got the answers already in front of you. We just need to hardwire that in and lock that in. So hopefully a lot of what we do today is going to help with that. I'm going to lower this thing down for visual here. But talk to me about your first quarter. I want you to, I'm putting you on the hot seat here, but I want you to be a little bit transparent. When I'd mentioned to you that I really wanted to tackle this topic this morning because a lot of people hadn't hit their goals, they were writing into me, what was the first thing out of your mouth? What was it? You said, I didn't hit my first quarter goals. Oh, I did. So I want to hear from you. Obviously, you didn't write in and email me. Yep. That would have been funny if you did. But I want to hear from you why you feel like you didn't hit yours and what might need to change yeah. while I adjust this. That's great. So my first quarter goals were stretch goals. I mean, really stretch goals. And I didn't realize how much I would have had to have changed in my day-to-day -day process to have, to have attained them, basically. So I think it was a good learning experience because I got to see, one, how fast 12 weeks goes. You know, when you track it, you realize how quickly it goes away, right? 
So how quickly it moves. The second thing I think I, I definitely did wrong is I, you know, we talk a lot about just seeing in front of your face in morning and night, those goals, but also having a tactical plan on a, you know, an active basis to get there, right? There'd be a lot of days where I would not morning and night look at those goals, which I think, you know, kind of speaks to maybe it wasn't important enough. Which is a lot of what I'm going to tackle this morning. Yep. And then the first side of that is not putting it in front of your face, not having it right in your sight, line of sight at all times. And then, you know, the second side of that, I think, is just the activity of it, like actually having the tactical plan, not just some broad, I want to do X, but it's, I want to do X and here's how I'm going to do it, right? Having it laid out in front of you of, I'm going to do A, B, C, and D, or probably even less than that, I'm going to do A and B over the course of the next four hours or six hours or eight hours. So it's a focus. It's a focus. Yeah, focus thing. Right. Mm -hmm. So for all of you out there, you know, I've talked about this many times before, even before we started doing the live podcast and I had Jordan here, I talked about it on some of my earlier episodes, just about the fact that you get out. I've just noticed this through coaching the advisors and the private clients and everyone that I've worked with and even my own clients. I, you know, I talked to them about goal setting and things like that for financial planning reasons, but you get out to the end of the first quarter you know, well, let's take a step back. You get into December. Everybody's fired up, right? About the new year, new year's resolutions, whatever. Yep. You get out there and you're so ready to tackle the new year. This year is going to be different. This year I'm going to be this, that, the other, whatever. And you map out all this stuff. You spend time over the holidays. I know for me, it's always sitting out in a deer stand or, you know, something over the holidays, getting super productive time done, writing out my goals, being so fired up. You get into January. Most of the time for people in the service business or, in some sort of a consulting or, you know, financial planning, sales, whatever, you know, business you guys are in out there, January's slow. People are coming back from the hangover, the holidays, they're getting into their new year, but they're focused on what they're doing. And you get out the end of January, it's a little bit short, you know, a little bit slow, you get into February, start building momentum, and then boom, you get a lot of momentum going into March, and then first quarter ends. You sit back and look at your goals and go, man, I've had two pretty productive months, but holy cow, because of the slow start I had or whatever, I'm so far off the mark of where I thought it would be at the end of the first quarter that in order for me to take the next three quarters and make up what I need to do, it's like climbing a huge mountain. Yeah. And what do most people do? They just give up. They punt. Yeah. They take their goals, they throw them in the trash mentally, even if they've got them out, you know, mapped out in front of them on something they're looking at daily on their goals. They take them, they throw them in the trash mentally. And for so many people out there that I've talked to, the idea is, well, maybe I'll just hit something. There's now not this clearly defined vision out there. Yep. Or they know what they want to hit, but it's a severe step back from what their goal was. Okay. So in order for you guys not to get in that trap going forward, if you already have here after the first quarter, I wanted to pull up. I went back and looked at a couple of books that I've uh, read before. It's a while back. Brian Tracy, I don't know if you've read much of his stuff. He's, you know, a little bit more old school, not as old school as Zig Ziglar and some of the people we talk about, but a little bit more old school compared to some of the reading that people are going to tune in, you know, are reading today. But he's got a book just called Goals. It's goals exclamation point. It's like, so what better book to go back and refresh myself on the notes of? And, you know, basically his whole idea in that book is getting and accomplishing everything you want when it relates to the big things you're trying to tackle in life. You know, he's the authority on goal setting and goal planning. He's been around forever and written tons and tons of books. But in this book, Goals, I would encourage you guys, 
you know, some of you are going to hear this and go, ah, okay, goals. Maybe I am on track for my goals for the year, so I don't need to hear this. I would encourage you to hang on with us here this morning. What he does is he goes through a list of 21 steps, and all of them are great. It's hard to pick out certain ones, you know, that are better than others. But for you guys and our purposes this morning, the number one thing, and this is old hat. I know whenever I say it, some of you are going to think that, but it's old hat. It's to take charge of your life, you know, extreme ownership. Jocko Willink, the book that I've told you guys that I've been reading through, has taught me so much about how leaders take charge for the things that are going wrong in their life. Even if there's huge, huge evidence pointing to other people on your team or people you're coaching or whatever, that you're mentoring, whatever, that you can point to, you've got to take ownership for that. And if you look at the top successful people out there who are reaching their goals and who are hitting the things that they want to do, you just see that. You see extreme ownership. But guys, you've got to know that we are never, and you and I have talked about this before, but we're never going to hit the goals or the rewards or the measurements that we want if we're walking around blaming everybody else or more importantly, blaming our our circumstances, Mm -hmm. right? So that's number one is you've got to take ownership of this. If you're going to move forward from quarter two to the end of the year, you've got to know that you've got to have ownership of it. The second thing, probably one of the bigger things even possibly than ownership or before you can get there is just clarifying or being very clear on your values. Most people out there, if you ask them, who are you? What are your values? What are your defined purposes in life? Make a list. They could write down some buzzwords, you know, integrity, leadership, whatever. But it's like define that as it actually relates to you. Many people couldn't do it. They would not be able to do it. So we've got to take the time to really sit down and map out those values, which is then what? It's going to lead to our big defined purpose. And that doesn't have to be just one thing, right? That could be many things. It could be business, family, personal stuff that you're trying to accomplish, but we've got to get our definite or our defined purposes out there And ask yourself that question that we talk about a lot here. What is the number one thing that if you were able to hit it would absolutely move the needle tremendously on the next three months going forward? And I just find that most people aren't taking a step back to really do that, Mm -hmm. you know, month in and month out. So you get out to a certain point down the road and you realize, hey, I haven't hit those those goals. And I think, you know, a lot, we talked a lot about in the 12-week year having a, a healthy imbalance and the things that we really have to accomplish. So instead of trying to accomplish 15 things, you know, in the next three months, we're going to try to accomplish one or two that are essential to being really successful. That is something I did not do well the last 12 weeks. Yeah. I was still in this mindset of I can do all of these things and I can do them all well. And that lends itself to mediocrity. Well, you're in the majority. You know, it's, yeah. it's most people out there. You've you hit the nail on the head there. You've got to figure out how to get not even perfect, but just get good. Yeah. Just get good at figuring out what that definite or defined purpose for different segments of your life, for different segments of what you're trying to do is going to be. Because if you don't have that, then you're just winging it. Yep. And what we've got to do is we've got to measure our progress on top of that. Okay. So if you hear the theme of all of these things that I'm mentioning here, the resounding message is focus. Yep. It's all around figuring out who you are, what your values are, owning that, taking charge of that, knowing that you don't want to be back in the same place defining that question for different areas of your life of what is the number one thing that I can do over this course of time, whether it be a day, a week, a quarter, whatever, that would, I know that if I hit it, it would absolutely move the needle toward my definite purpose. And then you've got to measure that, that which is tracked, that which is measured is accomplished. Yep. You guys hear that over and over. We've got to make a plan of action. We've got to measure it. 
And then most importantly, we've got to persist until we succeed. Jason Selk, who I had on the podcast a few episodes ago, talks about these fight throughs where things, whenever you first map it out, it's really exciting, kind of in the honeymoon phase, right? And then you get into just a little bit of boredom because you're just, you're tracking through this goal and it's not as exciting anymore, but you're not, you know, you're not throwing in the towel just yet. And then it just becomes a little bit monotonous and old. And if you're not tracking where you should be, then a lot of times you just give up on it. So his advice many times is it's all about the fight through. Yeah. A champion, successful people, E.L. Gray, the common denominator of success that we talked about a while back is successful people are going to do the things that unsuccessful people just aren't willing to do. That's the definition to me of the fight through as Jason Sell talks about in that. Yeah, the action. Everybody has a plan until they get hit in the face, right? Yeah, that's right. So it's it's what do you do when you get hit in the face? Do we redirect or do we get right back up and we keep fighting? Yeah, which reminds me, I had a chance to speak years ago at our annual meeting. And one of the things that I spoke about in there was I had this book that I got for Christmas one time called The Ultimate Survival Guide or something. You know, you see those at novelty bookstores or whatever. And one of the one of the tips in there was how do you effectively take a punch so that it doesn't, you know, just ring your bell and, you know, knock you crazy and then you lose the fight. Right. And most people instinctively stray away from the punch. So you see the fist coming. A lot of times your brain registers that threat coming your way. And without even thinking about it, you move, you move out of the way. And what it said was totally counterintuitive. But if you want to really take a punch in a way that you absorb it, you lean into it, you lean toward it. And I think that that's that's what we've got to do with all of this stuff, just to use a a metaphor or analogy there. Yeah, that's awesome. The other big thing, guys, is self-trust. And I'm not just talking about self-belief. I think there is a difference there, even though it could be one and the same. It's self-trust, even if you don't believe many times that you're capable of doing what you are stepping up to the plate to do, which the argument there would be. As we've talked about, most of you are, most of you have a lot more ready to rock and roll with than you think you do as far as tools in the tool belt. But self-belief many times can be very low on the thermometer scale, whereas self-trust in that moment can still be really high. Yeah. And the difference between the two, I think, is huge in helping us hit our goals because self-trust is just the fact that I've locked it in that even if I'm running around sometimes like a chicken with my head cut off trying to figure out how to get all this stuff accomplished... I've got the attitude and the mindset of the fight through. I may not know exactly how I'm going to accomplish this. I may not know exactly what you know level of accomplishment that I'm going to hit here. But I trust myself to not only fight through, but to also stick with the systems that I've set up, even if I can't see the end result just yet. It's interesting. Yeah. So think about it that way, guys. Self-trust. And that's, that's if you've got the fight in you, right? <laughs> Self-trust, not self-belief. And that's what... Brian Tracy says is the foundation of greatness is that self-trust. When you guys start thinking about self-trust, it's got to be around, again, the fight through. Some of that's going to be grit, right? But some of it's also just going to be working smarter and not harder, which comes back to your systems. So we've got to map out things in our mind. We've got to brainstorm. You know, he says this could be one of the single most important things as far as your measurement of success is taking the time, the pause, as he calls it, taking the time to step back and really assess where you are and not ask yourself, do I believe I can do this thing now by December that I have fallen short on from January to March, but do I trust myself to keep fighting? And I think that's a lot more valuable than most people think it is. Yeah. And, you know, I remember reading that a while back whenever I read the book and it didn't register 
the same with me as it does now. You know, I wasn't doing a podcast. I wasn't coaching as many people. I wasn't doing a lot of these sort of things. I remember seeing it, but just skimming over it because I probably registered it as self-trust is self-belief. Yeah. But it's two, you know, it's two, definitely two different things. Okay. Speaking about Jason Selk, I also went back and looked at his book, Organize Tomorrow Today, which if you guys haven't read that, it's, it's awesome. But he's got several practical steps. I think there's like seven or eight ways to really retrain your mind, which you know I'm all about, and organize your day so that your performance is really peaking, you, helping you hit that max performance both in work and in life. So it's that work-life, not balance, but integration. How can we just get better at what we're doing so that we can be rocking it on all levels? We can be great at you know many different places. And there's two really key questions he asks in that book that I was so glad I went back and revisited Number one is what are your three most important things to get done tomorrow? So for us, we have a phrase in our business called post and plan. We post our activity from today. What clients did we work with? What did we accomplish? What did we get done? Tie up the loose ends at the end of the day. But then we also plan for tomorrow. We plan out what tomorrow is going to look like and the things that we need to do. Same idea here. What are the three most important things that we have to get done tomorrow? And then the second question is what is your one must. That bright, shining, you know, right in your face light that is evident that is the most important thing you could get done tomorrow. Similar to what I said a second ago with Brian Tracy, which is what is the most important thing you could ask yourself during any given time period that you know would move the needle? It's the same idea. What is the one must? So think about it. Three most important things for tomorrow. And what is the big one must glaring thing? And that could be different. You know, that could be something different than what made it on your three important things list because it is the most important thing that needs priority behind it. It's incredible how so much of what we talk about is just central truth. Truth. You know, that truth just wins. runs underlining like <laughs> yeah. in every theme. You know, it's like maybe the dialogue is a little bit different, but the theme is exactly the same. You know? What have we said before? Nothing new under the sun. Yeah. Right. It's all the same stuff. And for most of you guys out there, and I was this way for a long time, it is so much about getting in your own way and working so much harder than you have to, than we all have to. Yeah. I mean, I think about as a dad now for my kids, you know, it's, it's, you have different relationships with different people. I have different relationships with my family than I do with you, than I do with my clients, than I even do with my kids, right? Even though they're part of my family, it's just, it's a different dynamic being a dad. You're getting a taste of that now. And once you start communicating with Bear, You'll kind of start seeing that, you know, come to life as his personality develops. But, you know, if there's one thing that I can teach my daughters over time is just how can I start helping them at a young age work so much? And I wouldn't even say smarter, not harder as, you know, young people in this world, but just easier. Let's not struggle through so much stuff the way we do as humans. Yeah. Let's make it easier. Let's get all of the emotion out of it when it comes to just fighting with ourselves and making stuff harder and let's just, let's just go out and get the job done, but let's do it in a smart way. And I think that's what successful people are doing out there. Mm -hmm. How much easier is it to stick with your goals when you know that you've got clearly defined systems and progresses, clearly defined systems to help with your progress is set up to where you don't have to muscle that load. Yeah. And I did that for so long, just, just shouldering the whole thing and then realizing that, wow, I've just been really wrestling with myself, not even really with this thing that's in front of me, because it's actually pretty easy. Mm -hmm. So I hope the same thing for you. I hope the same thing for all of you guys is just that, you know, with kids out there, especially or whatever, is just that we all get in this mode of working a lot easier. Did you hit your goals? 
12 week goals? I hit, so what I do now is I set, I probably set more goals because it's all integrated between life, business, other stuff like this, like podcast stuff that I'm doing. And so what I do now is I don't try to hit all of them, but I try to do, and it may not be like this every time, but I'll try to do uh, like a three out of five. So the answer is yes, I did accomplish that for quarter one. Okay. So I'll line out, and it's not always five. I'm just using that as an example for you guys. So I'll line out. Uh, let's just just go with that, right? Let's I'll line out five really most important things: business goals, life goals, personal self development improvement goals, whatever. And my aim is to do really, really well on at least three out of the five. If I can hit all five, great. But I'm not going to put that pressure on myself because I know that with those five things, those are so important. That if I can knock out three of them, maybe I failed miserably on the other two. Mm-hmm. And as long as it's not something like you know, spending time with family, I mean, that's really one you don't want to miserably fail on, right? I mean, there's some things you don't want to miss the mark on, but mine generally aren't, aren't that type of thing. It's more, it's more specific. And I just know that it, if I get all five of them, awesome. That's gravy. But we don't live in a perfect world where you're always going to hit your goals. For me, it's get three out of the five. Take a step back, look at the two that I didn't do well on. And actually, the two that I missed this quarter were intentional because once I started getting on into the, the first quarter, I just realized my bandwidth maybe needed to be a little bit more focused. And so I didn't give up on them. I'm still working on them, but I pushed them to where I knew what three, probably by the middle of February, I knew what three that I was going to hit by the end of this. And I'd say that's an unhealth or that's a healthy imbalance, right? Mm-hmm focused on the three most important out of the five that were important to you, right? Yeah, because if you've got three goals set up and your aim is to be excellent at all three of those and you don't hit them, which is many times is normal, you're going to be so, you're just going to feel so defeated. Yeah. You can miss a couple and as long as you get most of them done, hold your head high. Learn what you did wrong on the, on the ones that you missed or like in my case this time, just push them intentionally so that you can make sure you hammer on the first three and then I can hold my head high going forward saying, okay, I learned. I learned a little bit about the two I didn't hit, or I learned how to push them to work on them next quarter, you know, still in my, my focus, but the three I hit, I know absolutely moved the needle. And it just gives me such a sense of accomplishment. Yeah, absolutely. So I'd encourage you guys to do that as well. And it's the, it's the fight through, right? As I mentioned, it's, it's just making sure that even when you follow a system like that, where you say, okay, I've got some, I've got some wiggle room here. I've got a couple that I don't, you know, if I don't hit all five, I'm not going to beat myself up. But as long as I can hit three of the five, I know I improved. I know I moved the needle. But even with those three, it might be a fight through to get to the end. That's why I had to push the other two on off. And so um, I'll, I'll pick back up on those, you know, this next quarter or whatever. But guys, hopefully just the theme that you're hearing here and we'll, you know, hopefully we'll continue to stick with this for maybe a couple more episodes here because there's just so much meat to, you know, you say goal planning in today's society and people are like, oh, yeah, okay. Or they think New Year's resolution type yep. thing or they think. Whatever. It's just such a buzzword to like write down your goals, review them daily. We talked about in, that in Think and Grow Rich. I mean, write down your goals, review them twice a day. You'll be successful. Most people aren't doing that. But I think if you just stick with this idea of great systems, repetition over and over and over to where you build that self-trust and don't rely on self-belief all the time. Self-belief to me is like happiness. It can just flow from one second to the next, depending on what I mean, if you want to get scientific with it, what chemicals are going on in your brain? Yeah. I mean, I can feel really rush of dopamine. I can feel really good about knocking something out in one moment and then read an email in the next second and be completely let down. Yeah. Right. But if I trust myself and I trust my systems, then even in the moment of being let down, 
and not quote unquote happy, I can have faith that I'm pushing forward and just knowing that through the repetition and through the good systems that I'm going to have this, uh, you know, this thing set up to where hopefully I fail way more than I, I'm sorry, hopefully I succeed <laughs> way more than I, than I fail. So just to kind of tie an end on this, as we get ready to wrap up the podcast here, guys, you know, I'd really encourage you as we, you know, we're already into quarter two here, but I'd really encourage you guys just to make sure, man, look at that glow coming in on your face. Nice. That's awesome. I love the sunshine. Man. There's sunshine in my ear right it's, there. It's that's all, a human yeah, charger yeah, in that, real life. That's right. Which, no. <laughs> so, so just think about it, guys. Clarify. The, the people not watching Facebook Live right now are like, what in the heck are they talking about? <laughs> Clarify your values. Get really clear on what it is you want to accomplish and who you are. Decide upon your major and definite purposes. What are the things that you know would move the needle this year if you got them done? Measure that progress and track it, which takes a plan of action. Yep. You're not going to be able to measure stuff if you're not taking that plan. Make sure that you're persisting all the way through the fight throughs, as we mentioned. And then just above all, work smarter, not harder. Have self-trust, not just self-belief. That's going to get you through when the honeymoon phase of goal setting is over and you're actually having to really get into the trenches, which we all have to do. And the trenches may not be that you're really having to fight through anything. It just... Once you stick with something long enough, just human nature, we kind of get bored with it. Yep. Our minds are, you know, geared in today's time to just want to seek pleasure and seek something new at every turn. But just organizing all of that, having great systems in mind. And then really, you know, if you follow Jason Selk's advice, list three things at the end of the day that you know you want to accomplish for the next day. For some people, that's doing it before they leave work. For some people, that's a journal beside your bed at night where you can write it down right before you go to sleep and then not have to stew on it. And then in addition to those three things that three most important things that you have to get done what is the number one must glaring question that you know hey this has to get done tomorrow in order to either make progress move the needle knock off your success list whatever and i think you guys are going to be way better in shape than maybe you were after the first quarter well and the good news is for those of you that are tracking on a 12-week year 12-week calendar it all starts over so this is a new year and we you know, we can hit the goals that we didn't hit last quarter or last 12 weeks. And we have a chance to kind of retarget, re-aim. What are the things that we maybe didn't even have on the agenda last 12 weeks that should be on the agenda the next 12 weeks? We can correct the, the mistakes that we made and, and move forward and plan to, to crush it this 12 weeks. Yeah. So I'm going back through the four-hour work week, Tim Ferriss. And, you know, just the idea there is... I mean, it's just so mind-blowing. Even things I'm catching now that I didn't catch last time about how we can work so much more efficiently, even within a tiny, small amount of time. Everything from just how you set up your email checking during the day, how you set up your, the, you know, the things that you work on, whether it's morning versus evening, based on when your brain is better at those sort of things. Just, you know, typically as a culture, how we all work or as, as humans, how we all work. And yeah, it all starts over, as you just mentioned. And you get a clean slate. So go out and rock and roll. So thanks so much. He's Jordan Earls. I'm Jared Warren. Thanks for joining us this morning. We're going to hang on this maybe for another couple of weeks. What do you say? Yeah, sounds great. I think it's good. I think it's good meat to dive into. So we'll keep on this. But be sure you share this. And guys, if you're enjoying the podcast, we would appreciate nothing more than a review from you. Five-star review over on iTunes. It's very simple. Just go to iTunes. Search for the Success 101 podcast. Go right in the review section. It allows you to leave one there. But that's what keeps the mic on. Apple is very, very strict on how they give preference or credibility to podcasts. And it all 
is about the reviews in there. So we can't tell you how much we appreciate that. The other thing is we love feedback. So I think there's some comments on the screen right now that I cannot see because my eyes aren't good enough. But we love, you know, we, we want to engage with you. So we love it when you guys comment, especially on the videos as we're live. That's really fun for us. Yeah. And I get a ton of email comments that you probably don't even see just because my team and I are, you know, running that that email. But at the end of the day, there's there's a lot of you guys writing in about good stuff. And as Jordan said, we love that. We love seeing more and more of that come in. If you want to connect directly with us, shoot us an email, info at success 101 podcast, or you can connect with us directly in the world of social media uh, on Instagram, Duke of Earls and at success 101 podcast, or you can even check out the success 101 podcast Facebook page where we, uh, we'd love to post stuff in there about what we're doing and just also hear from you guys. So go out and have a great week and uh, hopefully you take all of this to heart and we look forward to hearing about how your quarter two is kicking off after you hear this. That's it. Thanks Thanks so much, guys. Appreciate it.